welcome to Bethel Radio Hour. As always, we have three topics that are just going to blow your mind tonight. Uh, we have been going through Paul's missionary journey, and so we're continuing on in Acts chapter 16. So if you have your Bible with us, we'll be reading from Acts. This is verse 1 through 5. Paul came also to Derby and to Lystra. A disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish mother who was a believer, but his father was a Greek. He was well spoken of by the brothers of Lystra and Iconium, and Paul wanted Timothy to accompany him. And he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in those places, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. As they went on their way through the cities, they delivered to them to them for delivered <laughs> they delivered to them for observance the decisions that had been reached by the apostles and elders who were in Jerusalem. So the churches were strengthened in the faith. And they increased in numbers daily. So, for those of you that have been with us, just two weeks ago, we discussed what the Jerusalem Council was and what was um, the main the discussion. Decision. Right. Mm -hmm. So, do a, an overview of what that was about. Yeah, so uh, the, there had been some, what I call Judaizing believers. So, the, these guys were steeped in the Judaizer faith, if you will. And... Uh, the Judaizers essentially had adopted uh, what all of the scribes and Pharisees had added to the Ten Commandments uh, for years and years and years, and they considered that now the law, and they believed that you had to practice that to go to heaven. Well, when Jesus came, of course, he challenged all that, and his death, burial, and resurrection was the only way to salvation. Well, many of those Judaizers got saved, but they had not yet been discipled to the point that they did not, or that they understood that they didn't have to, quote, unquote, live by the, uh, you know, scribes and Pharisees, laws and the such. So they were demanding that these Gentiles that were being won by Paul uh, and Barnabas, that they be circumcised. Because that's how you knew that you were a proselyte before Christ, was that you, uh, as a man, submitted to circumcision. And so, of course... This caused a lot of problems because the Gentiles, they, they didn't want to do that, uh, and it wasn't necessary. So the council essentially determined in the Gentiles' favor that, yes, you're right, according to Scripture and according to Jesus, there's only one way to heaven, and, and works has nothing to do with it. So now we have this. What the world is Paul doing? Why is he having his, you know, uh, protege, his, uh, what would you call him, disciple, why is he having him circumcised? And in the same passage, it refers again to the decrees that they're going around mm -hmm. from there. Correct. So they're in the process still of spreading it, that decree. Right. It, it looks like it is a contradiction just straight up. So we're going to dive into that. Uh, your first question, Tara, to us was, why did Paul have Timothy circumcised when this very topic caused so much controversy and was just resolved at the Jerusalem Council? Well, it almost council. caused, like, a complete split. Yeah, correct. Like, it om this could have been... The Jews were going to go one way and the right. Gentiles were going to go another. And, you know, just like to put some backing to it, the Jews were so used to, we have to follow all these laws and we've, have to, we've had to be so perfect and we've lived really under an oppressive religious system right. This whole time, and then Jesus hits the scene, and is in its faith in Jesus plus right. nothing liberty gets you to heaven, and it's almost like they're struggling with that. Like, well, these Gentiles have been doing nothing all along. They haven't been following all these laws. They right. haven't been circumcised. They haven't been following all these strict rules. Why do they just get a pass? And they just—that's just it. And it right. was a—it was a problem. Right. 
So on the heels of that, here we have Paul saying, hey, Timothy. So, almost looks like he's doing an about face. Right. And, and he's not. So, so I'll give you my spill, and then you guys can dive in. So what the, what the Jerusalem Council did not say was that it was wrong to be circumcised. They didn't say that. Or that it was wrong for a Gentile to be circumcised. Or that it was wrong for a Gentile to be circumcised so as not to be a stumbling block. So, so that's what Paul is utilizing here. But that it was wrong, that the council said it was wrong for the Jews to believe that you must be circumcised to be saved or to teach that or to demand that a Gentile must be circumcised to be accepted. So in my humble opinion, Paul is not doing any of that. Uh, so there is a fine line here, but it's important to distinguish where the fine line was and it wasn't. So uh, the, the fine line wasn't whether or not this was required for salvation that was an absolute settled truth in the council. The fine line is whether or not a Gentile should do this or not as to make himself more acceptable to the Jews. So we have in, in later writings of Paul, uh, he says at one point, um, I have become all things to all people that I might by all means save some. So I believe he's practicing that with Timothy. And, and he's saying, yes, we... we we won at the council. It, it, everybody now knows that you do not have to do this to be saved. So, Timothy, I'm not asking you to, to do it. I'm asking you to do it so that you, you don't have to climb over a stumbling block to talk and minister. You know, kind of like what I told a fellow years and years ago about if you're going to serve in country churches, you may not want to put that 15th earring, you know, in your left ear type deal. But if you're at the inner city St. Louis, you may want to put five more in on the right side, you know, type deal. A couple of tattoos. A couple of tats, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you, you, you read the room. <laughs> you know, read the room. Well, Paul read the room. Right. And so in studying Paul, and as we've done for weeks now, uh, one common theme is he'll do anything to advance the gospel. That's it. I mean, that's it. he's been willing to get stoned. He's been willing to go back to the places that did stone him. Right. He doesn't care. He wants to advance the gospel. And, it's all he's about. And it says right here that Timothy is really the perfect man for this perfect job because he's part. He's both. He's both Jewish and Greek. Right. Now, I don't understand the customs of the day, why that was so particular. Like, you know, he's uncircumcised. I don't understand. We don't understand that in our culture, but in their culture, it was a huge deal. Well, it, it's very similar to the South. Uh, it would be like in the 60s. If I was a 20-year-old bringing home a black girl, it's the same thing. It's bigotry. That's all it is. And so uh, the Jews had been taught that you could work your way to heaven, and, but they had also been taught that uh, we don't like those people because they are unclean, they are right. pagans, and, you know, they, they were bigots. I mean, that's all there is to it. And so... And it even says in the reading here that, and they knew his father was a Greek. Right. So they would have possibly rejected, the Jewish people in this area would have possibly rejected Timothy and his message had he not been circumcised. And it Correct. says that Paul would often start in the synagogues, the Jewish synagogues, he would start teaching there. So Timothy wouldn't have really been welcomed into the crowd. So he did this. To advance the gospel, and it seems extreme because I mean, just thinking medically, my gosh, like right. grown man, a grown man, no anesthesia, no really sterile technique to speak of, and it had to be extremely painful. And I'm sure 
Paul, you know, Timothy's thinking, really, this is what we're going to do? And, I mean, kudos to him. He's all in. That's uh, and, and that's a very good point to make here is that Timothy was like-minded with Paul. Mm -hmm. Paul, if you I, think this, this is, is let's do it. And if I'm not mistaken, there's an area of the temple that uncircumcised Gentiles Correct. cannot go. Correct. Uh, so now Timothy would have access to those. The other thing I wonder about here, we don't hear anything about Timothy's dad. We don't hear anything about him other than he was a Greek. And Greeks it's my understanding served he's, he's passed. Many. Uh, you know what I'm saying? He served many gods. So yeah. at Timothy's birth, he wouldn't have had any kind of mentoring into the traditions of his people or um, what have you. So when he met Paul, he probably got both. He got uh, introduced to Christ and to the customs of of he the Hebrews, um, and I, I would have, I've always thought he probably had passed or right. um, at least we don't have any scriptural foundation for that. That's just the assumption. Hmm. So so Timothy may have fallen in well with Paul and said, "I want to know more about what it means to be to embrace my culture." And I agree with you totally. There's no condemnation of the cultural tradition of. Of circumcision here, and in the declaration from the church leaders, there was no condemnation of that as a, as a Jewish person, and I think that might be real important for us today too. There's no cultural traditions unless they are, you know, in direct opposition to Scripture, to right. judge it, it, or to reject. And I, I think we can also say that we should not take this as a commendation either. You see what I'm saying? We're cultural. Right, practices right. that are harmful or anti-Christian. Correct. It, it, was, it was what Paul felt like was right to do at the time, you know, um, and, and, and they did it, and, and both of them did it, and, and it's refreshing, really. I mean, you know, in, in light of, again, Paul and these guys could have been slam dunking on these Jews, saying, see, see, no, no, we're, we're, <laughs> guys, we're, we're not trying to rub anything in your face, so much so that here's Timothy Half Jew, half Greek, he's willing to get circumcised. Well, this isn't the only thing that Paul, for example, is willing to put aside to reach people. So right. there is also customs of the day where they would offer the meat that they had for sale was often meat that had been offered to idols. Correct. So, again, we can't understand this, but culturally that was part of it. So for the Jewish people to eat meat that had been offered to idols was the ultimate like, oh, no, no, we're not going to do that. Right. Um, and that caused a lot of uproar. And so, you know, once again, they settle it. You know, uh, this idol, this meat is nothing to us. Meat right. is, we can eat it, we cannot eat it. It's not going to affect our eternity, our salvation. Eat it or don't eat it. But if it's going to cause somebody else to stumble, if that's going to be a stumbling block for somebody else that we're eating meat that was offered to idols, let's just not do it. Yeah. Or he talked about being so married. So it was okay for him to be married. It was fine. <coughs> but it was, was going to hinder his personal ministry. So... Was it fine for him to get married? Yeah, and he says that, but he doesn't get married. Right. There are a lot of things that Paul was willing to put aside or put up with, if you will, or move around or get rid of or add to his life or not to, whatever it took to advance the gospel is what he was doing. Another verse uh, that is, I think, very apropos to this that Paul penned uh, via the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, uh, all things are lawful unto me, but not all things are expedient. And so what he's saying there is that I have complete liberty in Christ. And obviously he's not talking about sinful stuff. But so, so I have liberty in Christ. If I didn't want to get circumcised, I don't have to, to be saved. Uh, if I want to eat you know, meat offered to idols, I can because I'm saved. I've got liberty in Christ. But not all things are expedient. You know? and, and so 
uh, again, read the room, know who you're trying to minister to, and do what's in their best interest. You know, and isn't he the same one that penned, you know, esteem others higher and more important than yourselves? Which, to be very honest with you, I mean, I'm, I trip up on that almost every day. <laughs> but, but it's a good verse, and, and it's a good practice. So that leads into our next question. What are some things that you're willing to um, sacrifice, if you will, or a preference that you're willing to give up to advance the gospel or to be more effective as a Christian in your circle? Ryan, you got anything? Oh, there's a few things that come to mind. The most glaring one just in general be drinking. I haven't, it's not really a big thing for me, but that's a, you know, the most controversial one. Sure. Of, you know, <laughs> no doubt. But uh, I don't know. There's just little things like wearing a hat to church, stuff like that. I know sure. a, lot, a lot of people get hung know, up get on hung that. Get hung up on that. And I would, you know, most of the time when I leave the house, I throw a hat on. But when I come to church, I don't because I just don't want to, you know, step right. on any toes right. for needless reasons. But And, and, and uh, w what I ask guys to do here is leave that to me. If, 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 that, if that just tears you up, Come talk to me. Let me know. But, you know, I mean, we literally have a group of young people that that is as socially acceptable today as anything else as you can name, and that is to wear a hat in a building. Well, you know, 30, 40 years ago, it was not socially acceptable. Uh, yada, Shorts yada, yada. weren't either. Shorts weren't either. That's exactly right. Uh, and so uh, all that said, you know, all things to all people, you know, um, and, and so anyway, uh, that, that's a very good point. Um, I put in here the key phrase is that first question. Uh, what are we willing to do to advance the gospel? You know, because I believe that's the key. Uh, and uh, so it's so easy in American consumerism and in American materialism that we treat our Christianity that way. Also, we treat our choices for churches uh, that way. Uh, so, so we look for a church that has our preferences. And I think it's important for us to look for a church that the Holy Spirit's leading us to that, do, that, that doesn't just meet our needs, but that needs us and the giftings that we have and the convictions that we have, you know, whatever the case may be. And um, I, I think there's a fine line between finding a church that meets your needs and finding the church that the Holy Spirit wants you at. You know, uh, I've... I've, oh, yeah. I've been, I've had this sure. that exact conversation sure. recently with friends um, that they don't like a particular thing about their church or the way the sure. preacher does this or the way the church handles that. And uh, ironically, she called me last night about a, that very same problem. And I gave her this entire uh, spiel. <laughs> and I said, you know, heaven forbid that we're in heaven someday. And Timothy's up there thinking, you know the kind of physical discomfort I had to endure, and you're sitting here talking about you don't like the style of worship? Right. You know, kind of, you know, what do yeah. you say? Grow up a little bit. That, Woody, that's right. Woody, if he mm. could say something to us, that was that too harsh? Nobody key my car. But <laughs> Well, so uh, years ago now, when Molly went to uh, CBC, we talked about this. And, I, and you know, I went to CBC. So I knew the church choices that she was going to have. And I said, babe, you can go to the big ones. You know, believe it or not, there's some big BMA churches in Conway. I said, or you can find a church that needs the giftings that you have, and you can be an amazing blessing to them for how many ever years you're going to be there. Because she can play the piano. 
And that's exactly what God did with her. He took her to East Side. There was a church of about 20, and they didn't have a piano player. And Molly played for them for almost two years. And, and they loved it. And, and so, you know, uh, I guarantee you, she, she would have been better off, and I put it saying that in quotations, to go to uh, Antioch. Antioch was a church of 1,500, you know, uh, and they had the latest music of the day. She could have sang in their praise team, all that jazz, but she wouldn't have been as needed as she was at Eastside. And so, again, I, I'm not telling you or anyone else to go to a church that you hate, you know. <laughs> I, I'm telling you that make sure that it's not just one-sided, you know. Uh, will this church meet my needs? Uh, you have something to do at that church as well. Well, um, I had to think kind of just all of you up here have facial hair, all of you. You know, we're not, we're not TV faces. We're radio faces, thank goodness. But, my, yeah, my husband and a lot of our circle are firemen, and they would love to have facial hair right. all the time. They, it would be great, you know, right. not to limit what they can do with their, you know, facial sure. hair and features. And, but they don't because they have to have a specific mask with a specific right. seal. So they sacrifice having a beard right. or a goatee or fill in the blank because of their job and their commitment to the job. So then I'm thinking, as a Christian, are there not things that I'm Some willing to sacrifice? Right. Um, preferences like, well, maybe I don't, I think a different program might work better. Am I willing to let that trip up what's, what I am doing here or what, I, and this is just examples. Yeah. I'm just saying everybody's, done. everybody knows there's something that there's like, man, I, that bothers me that they do this, or I wish they would do that. Maybe I'll go, no, what, what are you willing to just sacrifice, if you will? And it really does get down to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Where does he want you? And, and I'm not trying to be anything but real, but, but if someone looks at me and says, well, I'm just really not sure, then my response is, then you don't need to do anything until you're sure. You know, keep at it. Keep seeking him. Do not leave a church unless you have absolute leadership to do that, so on and so forth. He's king, you know. Um, I, I'm not trying to, be, again, I've had conversations with pastors. Well, I just think it would be the right decision. No, I don't care what you think. What is the Holy Spirit telling you? Well, I just think it would be the right decision. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know, so, so, you know, you don't even have a pastor that can connect, uh, and, and that's a real problem. So, anyway. And the other thing uh, feeds right into the, the making re um, reconciliation between brothers. What, what are you willing to give up for the church to operate in a harmonious manner? Right. And what would you give to Christ for that? It's kind of the same vein of, of uh, haircuts, shorts, long hair, no hair. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I heard a preacher say once about like reading the room and worship styles and, and whatever. And he's like, you know, we're, we're in America. <clears throat> it's 2020, whatever. And he's like, we're playing music that is common to us right now. Right. Um, and he said, if for some reason just bluegrass sweeps the nation and that's what is the thing he's like our praise and worship team has about two weeks to come up with the bluegrass set and that's what we're going to roll with but he said we're going to be in our time and in our place and i i have to agree Absolutely. but his also the point was also that you know if we were in africa right. we wouldn't take our hymnals over to Africa and Shouldn't. expect them to get an organ and start playing the music the way we do. They should praise and worship the way they do in their culture in that time and place. One of our most successful missionaries 
shocked the association 30 years ago when he said, I'm not called to go over there and Americanize these people. I am called to win them to Christ. And when I win them to Christ, I'm going to let them bring their instruments in and we're going to worship with the instruments they're used to. They had bongo drums and, and all that. I mean, it was, a, you know, it was an African, if you will, approach. Um, but it was good music. It was good worship. Th those people loved it. And, and he said, I, I'm not bringing Southern gospel music to these people. I'm bringing the gospel, you know. And so anyway, good stuff. Amen. Amen. All right. So I'm just saying. Did anybody? we shoot that rabbit? Oh, I've got, I got one. Ran him down and shot him several times, I think. There you go. Um, and if I don't make anybody mad with this, I'm going to be disappointed. Uh, probably not anybody in here. Uh, so I'm just saying, quit worrying about the temporary climate change that is supposedly happening and start preparing for the permanent climate change that happens once eternity starts. I want that on a shirt. It's kind of long, though. What's that? Amen. Yeah, it, yeah. That would be a lot to put on a T-shirt. It's a lot to put on a T-shirt. Ryan, you have anything? I'm just saying allergy season is here. Oh, land's sake. Oh, it's it rough. I don't even have it like my – a lot of people in my family have got them twice as bad as I do, and they have my sympathy, but, man, it, it sucks. It's hard. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's Missouri. Actually, people that go into the study of allergies, and th they come to <coughs> Missouri. Oh, my goodness. For, I've always heard that. How depressing that is. Yeah, because our allergens are so bad I in this spent region. two hours in the woods Monday, and at 9 o'clock, I thought I was dying. I sneezed for 20 minutes straight. <laughs> and, and so I took NyQuil and passed out, and I woke up the next morning thinking, what was that? And I realized I hadn't taken my meds for three days, for my allergy meds. Well, that's what that was. So I, I'm anyway. ecstatic to tell you that pets suffer the same way. <laughs> and we, I had a radiologist come from the, the West Coast. And was and he had done his residency there and was looking at some of the films. So he was, he's in Missouri now, practicing in Missouri. He said I would point at something. I said, "Is this abnormal?" He said, "Not for Missouri." <laughs> <laughs> so the lungs are just scarred by the dog, time the dog gets ten years old. You, you, they have old dog lungs. He said, "We don't see this on the West Coast." We wow. On, on, well, California when it started to burn, and I'm sure there's. They've got some pets. Yeah, no, but they vote liberal. Not the, the same. pets. <laughs> <laughs> just oh, sorry. Ouch. Sorry. I guess so I'll just change my, I'm just saying. No, go ahead. I started reading this book about anti-gravity, and I just can't put it down. <laughs> oh, my God. Dad, dad joke. joke. Dad oh, joke. dad joke. Dad joke. Did you know that French fries were not first cooked in France? I did not know they that. They were cooked in Greece. <laughs> right next door. Oh my goodness. Well, did he bite, did, did you get a new dad book joke? I, I did, did a, a joke search. Book? <laughs> I did a search. Oh. Did a search. That's pretty good. Oh man. I didn't have any item to say it. There you go. I stole them. Well, those are good. You know, I didn't really have an I'm just saying, but I did have a point I didn't bring up in the last one, so sure. I'll use it. You know, if we're talking about what can we give up to be a better witness and one thing I thought of, can you get past your political views? Sometimes it's like, oh, man, sure. you know, we tend to be that, super that conservative sure, and you bet. super right and all. But, you know, it, it can it, that's like a big roadblock it, for a lot it, of people. It um, and it has been for myself in the past. I've really had to check that yep. lately. Right. Well, yeah. and, and I heard you know, a, good, uh, a good saying this week. Um, it was uh, I've got more in common with a pro-life socialist than a pro-abortion capitalist Amen. type of thing. And I feel like that's a better, better view. There's more important things. You yeah. bet. Yep. Well, eternally speaking, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
All right, so, um, and kind of continuing with this relationship with Paul and Timothy, um, we've talked about this before, the three chairs analogy. Um, and so, Ben, I'll let you take that over with Paul being in the middle chair and Timothy um, being in the third. Yeah, I, I just felt like this was a, a really another good takeaway from this passage is that, you know, so the three chair approach is, is that uh, you've got someone in the first chair that is learning from someone in the second chair. And the person in the second chair is, if you will, discipling the person in the first chair, but, but that person's also receiving from someone in the third chair. And so once you get past the first chair, the goal is to stay in the second chair because if you just advance to the third chair, and you're always, quote, unquote, giving to someone in the second, and they're giving to someone in the first, you're no longer receiving. And so you're going to become dry sooner or later. You're going to become stale, if you will. Uh, you're you're going to become proud, uh, fill in the blank. And so uh, Paul was in the second chair for Timothy. Timothy was in the first chair. And uh, now, you know, there Gamelia, I think, was one of his mentors and the such, so he certainly had people in the third chair, but uh, I, I, so the thought was to lovingly ask you guys without, you don't have to give us names, but do you have somebody in that first chair, how's that going, what does that look like, and then I think Tara added to that, do you have someone in the third chair? Um, so I have somebody that is new at work, um, and it I didn't mean for it to become a relationship like this, but she's kind of been asking me a lot of spiritual questions or it just happens to keep coming up and I've just decided, well, I guess God, this is the one. Um, and she was, she's struggling with um, just that she was kind of raised in and out of church a little bit, not like a super strong background. Her husband is a another religion that they're kind of going to that church, but she's like, I don't understand the church. I don't understand why we do all these sacraments and all these rituals, and why why are we even doing any of this? It doesn't seem like it's even in the Bible, and we don't even really read the Bible. Like, and, you know, just these yeah. struggles, and, you know, it started with a simple conversation based on what we had discussed one night, which is essentially salvation is your faith in Jesus's complete works plus nothing, nothing else. They no. There isn't... You, you know, in talking about the sacrament, she was worried about what, well, what if I do this and I don't do that and um, confessing. And it just became every week there's been another layer of discussion and another layer of discussion. And, um, I, and again, I didn't, I hadn't prayed specifically to have someone that I needed to be witnessing to other than the fact that I needed to be witnessing to somebody. And um, what better place than at work where we're with each other right. 40 hours a week. So, um it's been really, it's been challenging to me, and it's also been, I think, very eye-opening to her, and it, it's just been, for both of us, a great relationship that's developed. Amen. Well, it, it's, the bottom line is, is that when you, I call it coming to church hungry. When you've been in the trenches Monday through Saturday, you come to church Sunday hungry, and you feed, and then you go out and you, and you work, and, and to me, uh, the, the quickest way to a dead church is a church of folks that aren't they're not working for the Lord Monday through Saturday. Good, nothing like crisis and trial to make you right. hungry for uh, a response to that, especially Man. a challenge to what you believe already. Right. Um, if, you, if you don't, uh, unfortunately, the, the tendency nowadays is to medicate it 
Right. With, with what are shopping, reading, uh, actual drugs. Entertainment. Uh, absolutely. Right. Um, Market madness. So, so yeah, the weeds are, are plentiful. Uh, the, the seeds that so Jesus sows or the Spirit sows are, can be crowded out so easily in an affluent society. Um, but And unfortunately, it takes a major crisis to get somebody interested in seeking out answers or responses to the challenges that life brings sometimes. Um, so, so yes, the, the uh, appetite has to be there. Right. And God can give you the appetite. Right. Um, and he can put you in a dry and thirsty land uh, and where water is rare and scarce and make a, oh, a very good analogy of that. Um, when all the references to um, waters in the desert were meaningful to the people of Israel because uh, water is not easy to come by. So in our culture today, truth is not easy to come by. So do you have so somebody in chair number one? I, I, and it's in your not, humble opinion? Not somebody I sought out, but yeah. uh, people that I am daily with, uh, it, it has come up several times. Why is it this way? Or, All right. Um, and my... So is the the mentor chair one, chair two, chair three, or is it the other way around? The other way around. The, so, uh, so my so chair three has been empty for a yeah, while. Yeah, because so of Ravi. Ravi and um, a couple other of my mentors have passed or mm -hmm. retired, so um, I'm on the hunt. Amen. Amen. Brother Ryan? Well, when I first uh, read that we were going to be talking about this, I thought, you know, well, when I think of, you know, mentoring someone, I think of like Brad did for me. Yeah. Like he would take me aside, you know, at he least once a week. You. Yeah, right. specifically, you know, right. take me away from what materials, I'm doing to right. do this type of thing. A couple and hours at a time. Yeah, which I, I don't do that. I would like to in the future. Yeah. But uh, it's more just like there's a few people specifically that, sure. you know, when I come into contact with them, I try to do something to persuade them towards the right way. Amen. But I don't think I'm as direct as I should be. In sure. It, but. Well, and, and again, guys, this was not to put anybody on the spot or, or to show up anybody as much as this is what we are to be doing. We, we are to be doing this, and I knew, I knew every one of us were doing it on some level, and there's always room for improvement. Uh, I, I've got a fellow that, that I just basically reestablished a connection with, I think, two weeks ago, uh, and I didn't know we were going to be talking about this, but he was the first person that came to mind. Uh, we've got a... a, a I guess you could say a common thing that we will do with each other. You know, where are you at right now? What books have you read recently? Is there a scripture that, you know, and, and then we'll try to do lunch occasionally. It's been a while. Uh, and then uh, I've, I've got one other person that, that I feel like that I am, I've got in that first chair. Uh, and then um, I'm kind of like Gavin, uh, but I mean, I utilize books and, and radio shows and, you know, uh, David Jeremiah is big on my radar right now. Uh, of course, I, I've got the three men that I expose myself to through commentaries, J. Vernon McGee, uh, it'll come to me, uh, Warren Wiersbe and uh, John MacArthur. Have, you know, they've never met me, but they have absolutely discipled me and mentored me in, in such through their writings. So, You know what I found in not, um, I guess, getting better, and I don't, this is like not, even I don't mean it to sound any boastful at all because it, it's like God makes these things happen and often something will come out of my mouth and I think oh my gosh that had to come from God I am so not that smart but 
like just with the fear of what's going on in the world today, that comes up a lot right. in my circle at work. Um, and just in having reading the David Jeremiah book, the signs, uh, the book of signs, and it's been really interesting how you can turn a fear-based conversation into a biblical conversation. And I've been able to do that a few times just saying, you know, you know, we really don't have anything to fear if, and just bringing that into the discussion about what God has planned and, and not even making it awkward. And people are actually very interested Absolutely. to hear. Um, and just, I guess, not being afraid to be awkward. If we're talking about tripping hazards, <laughs> things, what are you willing to put aside? I'm willing to put aside being awkward anymore. I right. just don't care. And I'll just to turn the conversation into something biblical, um, and that's kind of turned into people asking questions, and, and not that I'm perfect or ever will be, and they know that as well. And I make fun of myself constantly, which makes it a little easier. But um, <laughs> Self-deprecating exactly. humor. Exactly. the um, best. But it's just to be able to witness through, you know, just even this – economy is scary what's going on in the world is scary right. this is all very scary and it is and then i'll say i've been reading this book and then they're like isn't reading a book like that doesn't that terrify you doesn't that make you more scared i'm like no it actually gives me a lot of peace right. and explain explaining why so. i uh w one of the things that, that of course uh, again is it paul that says be ready with an answer hmm. you know so uh, that's something that I, I have several areas of life that I feel like I have, a, I have an answer ready. And one of those is, uh, and I found myself talking about this at Schnooks the other day because this fellow was sharing with me some very serious and, and difficult things that are in his life. And I said, well, let, if you allow me to, let me give you a piece of advice, okay? And, of course, he's Christian and, and church attender in the whole nine yards and I said uh, let the air out of the balloon and he just looked at me and I said what's the wor what if the worst things happen I mean you know with with his situation heart attack you know what if the worst thing happens and you survive he just kind of looked at me I said you're going to serve the Lord right yeah yeah you're going to serve the Lord so let's reinvent that but uh, yeah have to. yeah let the air out of the balloon I, I'm I because the devil as long as you can keep saying, well, what if, what if, what if, he's going to hammer you with that. But if you come up with that, yeah, the details will be worked out. You know, I'm going to serve the Lord. Uh, that may be through watching service at home for a while, you know, uh, making phone calls to encourage people, whatever the case may be. But uh, you're going, if you're a Christian, you're going to serve the Lord. Let the air out of the balloon. So one final point to the chairs analogy, yeah. um, just in kind of studying some of this and learning about Timothy. So um, it mentions in 2 Timothy about, and we've t hit this verse on many a Mother's Day, but it says, um, I long to see you that I may be filled with the joy I remembered um, your faith. And it says the faith that was first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. So um, Paul probably most likely is the one that witnessed and to Eunice and Lois, that was his mother and grandmother. And then, so then here comes Timothy. Who do you think Timothy learned his faith from? Probably his grandmother and his mother, Lois and Eunice. Um, so that was that path. And then just a side note, in studying all this, it was just kind of funny. Um, John MacArthur made a point that 
here comes Paul asking, uh, you know, Lois and Eunice, hey, I want to bring Timothy along with me on a journey. And he said the last time they said Paul, he was beaten and bloodied and, you know, like dying in a heap outside the city. And now he circles back around like, I want to take Timothy with me now. We're going (laughs) to hit the next trip with him. (laughs) And I'm going to have him circumcised. But outside of that, it's (laughs) all going to be fine. party started. (laughs) Oh. Sign what this could go, waiver. What could go wrong? <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? Well, and, and nothing did. N- nothing right. did with Timothy. Uh, there's no, uh, you know, record of Timothy going through hardships other than the, the normal hardships that a pastor goes through. Uh, Paul detailed those with Timothy. Timothy was timid. You even said it, didn't you? Yeah. Second Timothy, be uh, endure hardship like a good soldier. That's right. Christ. It's second yep. Timothy. I actually used your line um, just recently with a friend that was talking about, you know, I'm, I'm just so scared about this and that and a lot of anxiety, and she's a Christian, and I was like, you know, at the end of the day, and I said, our pastor has said this, until God is done with your you and your mission on this planet, you're untouchable. I'm invincible. That's right. And, boy, we've got to remind ourselves that because because it does it is scary. And even at the end of the that journey, he's with you. That's right. he, he's going to go right, take you, the walk with you the entire way and step across that river with you. And, and it's not anything to be terrified of. Right. It's going to be a joyous occasion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So this is I don't know that Trek is coming in tonight. They may not be coming. Because, uh, well, th- there's uh, has been programming, uh, you know, details that we're not going to go into here. But I... They may not come in. So we can still address uh, the situation. Just tell them to listen to the uh, podcast. Um, uh, So the track class has been submitting a couple of questions, um, a lot of them very difficult, and uh, we've been trying to address those pretty directly. Um, Two questions tonight is, why should we trust that God loves us? And if God loves us, why do people have to die? I, I personally love this uh, because, and, and you know, we've, we've covered some, how would you say, uh, angles to this already. Not so much uh, uh, why should we trust that God loves us. I like that. Uh, but the whole thing of, you know, why does God let people die? Uh, I think all four of us have in some way, shape, form, or fashion shared the answer that it's not God doing this? Is he allowing it? Absolutely, he's not God. It's sin that is killing people. It's sin that has brought the curse. It is sin that requires, if you will, for their for death to happen. Death was God's idea, but sin was not. And so death is a relief for us in this sinful situation. So that, that would be my little approach to it. You guys fill in and or change it. I always take that personal approach to it. Why, why should God, why should we trust that God loves us? And to make it personal, well, why does it matter? Why does that question matter? It matters because I want love. Right. I, I mean, I want to be loved and I, right. I want, I want a God that loves me. Uh, so, so if God is love, like the Bible says, why, why would his intention be any different? I mean, if, if he's telling the truth and he is love, First um, John 4, I think is where he, the statement's made. He is love. He's the definition of love. Love was his idea. Right. Along with death, death was his idea so that evil could not go on indefinitely. And in the, in the long 
view of things, death is, is part of his love for us too. Um, and we probably won't understand that until we're in heaven. But why, does it, why is it important that God loves us? Because we want to be loved and that's how he made us. And he made us for a loving relationship with him. So there, you have to ask yourself, why is love important to you? It's because you were made that way. Um, and why would God make you that way and not provide you or not love you when he made you to be loved by him? Right. That's good. Uh, I uh, was trying to think of, you know, because it sounds like whoever posed the question is kind of doubtful on the whole Bible itself. Because, sure. you know, if you don't believe that God is love, which is one of the most basic things, you probably don't believe any of it. So I was trying to think of like a logical, you know, way to think about it. But then I got to thinking basically the whole Bible, Old Testament and all is just a story of God pursuing us in, in a sense. Because like uh, with Adam and Eve, we turned against them, and he gave us a way to get back to them. Right. With uh, Noah, he was disappointed with his whole creation. He regretted doing it, basically. Right. And then he still saved some of us because right. we wanted a relationship with him. And then Nineveh, uh, he was going to destroy the whole city, but he spared them once they repented. Sodom right. and Gomorrah, same story. So just over and over, after we turn against him, say we don't want him, do whatever we want, he just keeps pursuing us. And if he didn't love us, why would he keep doing that? Right. Amen. Uh, so I, I kind of took this approach. You heard the uh, expression, uh, how, how do I love thee? Let me count the ways. Okay. So how does God love us? Let us count the ways. He created you knowing you to betray him. He gave his only begotten son to die on the cross to pay the sin for your sins. He created a punishment fitting for your sins if you choose to pay for them yourself. He created a place of eternal pleasure for you if you choose to accept his son as payment for your sin. He created an entire book over a span of 2,000 years to reveal himself to you. He left a third of himself on the earth to brew uh, among men and women to call him to repentance. Uh, he created and instituted his church, which represents the body of Jesus Christ on earth after Christ's resurrection. He commissioned the church to go throughout the world by the aid of the Holy Spirit to win lost humanity to himself. He comes to dwell with every man, woman, boy, and girl that accepts the Spirit's call and the Son's payment for salvation. And he takes up dwelling with them forever. He enlists you to be involved in the greatest adventure known to man, winning a lost world back to the Creator. Shall I go on? <laughs> he gifted you with a gift at spiritual birth so that you could supernaturally serve God in His kingdom. He left you armor to put on daily so that you could be uh, properly clothed in His army. He gave you the tool of prayer so that you could com communicate to him anytime you need to. And it just goes on. But uh, And he's preparing a place for us where he can be our God and we can be his people and he can dwell eternally, eternally. with us. Amen. Someone just texted in in response to the question about why do we have to die. And it says you have to have a physical death for your blessed spirit to go to heaven uh, as the body belongs on the earth and your spirit to go to heaven. Amen. Um, yeah, th this body is never going to see heaven. The, the new body will. Thank goodness. My uh, back it, is killing me. I, I think about, man, thinking more about the <laughs> beauties of being in heaven <laughs> all the time. I, I can still do it. There will come a day I can't. But I can still, with one hand and one foot, get into my truck. There's coming a day I won't be able to do that. But there's never a day now at 56, that I don't think three times before I jump off of that truck. I, I used to just do it with the bandit, you know, jump and take off, you know, 
Now I, I, I get my knees ready. That's I get right my hips ready. Yeah. Psych yourself up. I, yeah, try to look to see where I'm going to land if it, things go bad. You have to tuck and roll. <laughs> Do I have right. my cell phone with me just in case? Yeah. Um, I've always <laughs> thought. <laughs> I need one of those necklaces. Yep, life alert. I have fallen. Go ahead. So when, it, when I think about God loving us, um, you know, it really helps a lot becoming a parent. Um, Isn't that the truth? Because it reflects, I, I love them so much, and they will make you so mad. I, I think I told the story where Tristan threw a sippy cup, and it hit me in the bridge of the nose, and I'm like, gosh, i got to walk away. I'm going to be on the evening news. I've got to walk away. <laughs> but you love them no matter what. You just love them, and it's such a reflection of how much God has to love us because he would have just already wiped me clean off. Like, he must love us because he allows me, I, I was just, and I can only speak for myself, you may be perfect, I'm not. But he keeps loving me every day and allowing me to, he must, he must love me because he would have just. Fella said oh, years yeah. ago, it, it, you know, his kids were pretty young. But he said, I understand now why some animals eat their young. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, like, dude, don't say that too much. But and the, uh, the fact that God didn't after Adam and Eve fell, he could have just wiped the slate and said, let's start again. Start over. He loved him. He loved him. Amen. Yeah, and so, uh, amen to that. And, and all the evil he could have saved. Right. Yeah. Right. It, it's, I, think it, I think it's extremely important for us to, to soak in that, you know, how much God loves us. You know, I've, I've shared many times about taking that walk to the cross, and I really don't believe that we can grasp the height, the depth, the length, of his love for us until we see that bleeding, dying form of Christ on the cross. Uh, now, you know, I, I kind of like you said, I, I can only answer for myself, and I just know that, that the Holy Spirit regularly takes me back there, you know, and, and basically says, look, you need to look, you need to see what I did for you to understand why I'm doing what I'm doing, you know, and the such. Because, you know, uh, my dad was always saying, you know, life is not sunshine and roses. It, it's just not. And I didn't really understand that as a kid. I, I do now. And so uh, it's important because we, we, we want to take issue with God. You know, what, Lord, you know, first of all, my thing is you're leaving a lot of power unused up there. You know, it, there'd be so many, so many more special, uh, how would you say it, uh, elections done if, if I were God for, <laughs> for a day. Uh, so many more governors having to appoint because <laughs> I'd clean house. But that's why I'm not God. Hallelujah, praise the Lamb. Uh, and so anyway. All right. Well, we're not quite out of time, but... We started late and we're finishing early. I How's know. that? Man, that's great. Uh, quick announcement. Next week is slated to be movie night for Awana. So we will be participating in movie night, be it in the sanctuary or in the parking lot. Um, so I'm sure Brad will... Say plan accordingly. It's way more fun in the parking lot. But since we've got time, I've got a two kinds of people. Oh boy! I know this is Ryan's favorite segment. <laughs> two kinds of people: those that live for Chick Days in March, and those that don't know what that is. Oh, <laughs> I'm in the. I don't know. You don't know what that is? No. Orshelins, Dicky Bubs, they all have chickens. You knew what it was, didn't you? Chicks are in stock. Kathy, they have yeah. chicken at all these. All the <laughs> you don't have to wait for Chick Day there. Chick Fil A.
Oh, I know. My. I told you, no. If I liked still. substandard chicken, I'd go to Chick Fil A. But I, anyway. Oh, oh my gosh! Shot. I, I feel like we do need to ask Ryan: Are you Canes or are you Chick Fil A? And why um, didn't we ask you this before we let yeah, you? No <laughs> doubt. No doubt. Dang. So if I say Canes, am I kicked off? Well, well, see, we're no. we're we're a house divided here. Yes. We are. Okay. Well, I'm ta- I'm taking the Chick Fil A side. Yes. <laughs> see, the service and the food. I know. True. Truly a spiritual man. Well, and that Chick Fil A sauce, my gosh. It's it's Canes. Canes is a is a good second, but Chick Fil A is the winner. I mean, if you only want to eat only fries and chicken strips, <laughs> which who does? No one. <laughs> then it's your place. But there's not enough time. To instruct you people <laughs> left in, the, in this segment. Uh, but there's been several heresies stated here that I'm just going to let lay. I'm going to let the Holy Spirit work on you. Oh, you heathens that the, like the to go to Cain. They taught his holding, so. <laughs> I, I will say this. You're going to have to screen better, I'm just saying. No, no, no <laughs> doubt. Uh, Chick-fil-A has absolutely carved out a following. Uh, and, and, I mean, you know, they're the most, they're the busiest Restaurant, and it doesn't matter how period. busy they are. They're the they Disneyland of fast food restaurants. Yep. Yep. They really are. Now I, I have to go Canes to actually get good chicken, but oh I like gosh. the service. The service is above board and the such. So anyway, uh, I true story. My daughter likes you, so I'm not gonna t- I'm not gonna tell her that you don't <laughs> true, like Chick-fil-A. True story. We were taking uh, a chicken. In fact, Gabby was here just a while ago. Uh, Dawn was there with Gabby, assisting in her birth. And so we were, <clears throat> Molly and I were taking Chick-fil-A to Dawn. So we went through Kane's drive-thru and, and so that we'd have something to eat while we waited on the order because it was so busy in Chick-fil-A. And she's, Molly felt like she was doing something like admission impossible. You know, are we going to get thrown out? No, hon, you're not going to get thrown out. She was trying to hide it and everything else. I'm like, come on, they don't care. We're going to, and so we actually bought, uh, we were sinning that day because uh, we actually ate at both restaurants. <laughs> B- because yeah. I do like the chicken sandwich at uh, Chick-fil-A. Again, all they have at Cane's is chicken strips yeah. and french fries. Yeah. All they have is the best chicken known to man oh my at gosh. Cane's. That is, you're just you're okay. correct. It's just okay. Chicken is good, but I can, I'll eat it. I'm messing with Chick-fil-A you guys. I, yeah. I, I do like Chick-fil-A. And it's, it's God's chicken. There's, there's no doubt. <laughs> it's God's God has chicken. blessed their chicken. God has blessed their chicken. <laughs> Sam Caffey. That's right. All, All right. right. Well, I think we're done. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Better stop.